0: A message for today that the Lord has placed in my heart is on setting Jesus as the door. Jesus, the door, the standard of our lives. I want us to go to the book of Genesis. We are going to read a couple of scriptures. Genesis chapter 7, from verse 13 to 16, and then we jump to verse 23. I hear some pages still flipping. Are we there? Genesis 7:13 And on the very same day Noah and Noah's sons Shem, Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They had they and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every keep creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird of every sort And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all the flesh in which is the breath of life. So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Let's go to verse 23. So he destroyed all the living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. And they were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. Let us read Joshua chapter 6 from verse 1 to 1 and 2. And now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of Vela. Let's go to John chapter 10, start from verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the ship. We go to the last scripture, Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. We are talking about the door. The Lord himself asked the door in our lives. And as I was praying and asking, when I got this message, the Lord told me, it's not about just me being Opening the door for you. It's me, you setting me as the door, as your standard, as the one who you follow instructions from, as the one who you receive counsel and guidance from. Setting me as the door in your life. What does a door do? A door grants entry and it also gives you an exit. It provides an entry, entry point and provides an exit. And what it means, what was coming to my mind is that unless the Lord opens the door for you, what he's saying is you are not supposed to move out. He is, the Bible says that he is, he blesses your going out and your coming in. That means for there to be a going out, there has to be a door that is granting you that exit. For there to be a coming in, there has to be a door that is giving you that entrance. When you set the Lord as the door in your life, you will have established him as the one who has the final say in your life. You will have set him as the one who you do, you rely on completely. You are devoted on fully that without him, Without his counsel, without his instructions, without him saying yes, then you are, then you will remain at the point of no. Without him saying no, you remain at the point, because he is God. When he says yes, then you go with him. When he says no, then you remain with him. If he is the door, then you allow him to guide, to govern, to oversee, to rule your life. He is the door. And today I want us to exhort the Lord, even in your situation, in your family, in your marriage, with your children, in your job, in your whatever you are going through. All around you, when you set the Lord, if you accept to set the Lord as the standard by which you measure your life, then you will prosper. He says you will prosper when you make him the Lord of your life. Only him knows when it is the right time for you to go out. Only him know when it is the right time for you to come in. We have read from the book of Genesis during Noah's time after he built the ark and he called his wife and his sons and their wives and all the animals as he had described that he has instructed Noah. He told them come into the ark. And they all went into the ark. He had given instructions on how to make the ark. I believe in that ark there were windows. I believe in that ark. Because at one point he opened a window and let out a bird, Isn't it? I believe in that ark there was a door. Because at some point he told them come into the ark. So there was a door where they were all entering into. Isn't it? But the Bible says he shut them in. He the Lord. When they entered into the ark. He shut them in. There are moments in your life where things are not working the way you want them to work, isn't it? There are moments in your life when others, when others are progressing, when their things are working out around them, people seem to be doing well when you are Moneyless, and you have nothing to do, or you have nothing to show for yourself. Other people seem to be doing very well. When your business is going down, other businesses, other people, your colleagues, your friends in the marketplace, their business seem to be doing very well. When people are receiving promotion in their places of work, you are being left at the same position, ear in, ear out, and you are wondering what is wrong with me? Why has the Lord shut me in? Why has the Lord not opened the door for me to come out? I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, in the, in the kingdom of God, there are seasons. There is a season to harvest. There is a season to sow. There is a season to, there is a season of, of dryness and there is a season of plenty. And this, at this point, Jesus, uh, God shuts Noah inside the ark because there was a flood coming. There was a flood coming and he knew if he does not shut them in, the temptation even for them to open the door, Because they are the ones who open the door for them to get inside, isn't it? The temptation for them to come out would be real. And then they will perish. And then there will not be people again on earth. So he had to, after they closed the door themselves, God himself had to cindelia. He had to close. He shut them in. Why? Because he was saving them. He was to preserve them. He was saving them from the flood. He was saving them from the calamity, from the turmoils out there. Sometimes your problems and the things you're going through, it is because the Lord is preserving you. It is because the Lord is keeping you because he knows out there there are wolves. Out there there are, there are lions. Out there there are bad wild animals that are ready to devour you. And maybe you are not yet ready to occupy. Maybe you are not yet ready. Those 40 days had to end inside the ark until the Lord told them now come out of the ark. The Lord himself, he is the one who tells us when to go in and when to come out. In our nature as human beings, we have that rebellion. But when we get born again, God is calling us into intimacy with him, into walking with him. We have read in the book of John's, he saying he is the door, the voice of a stranger. He will not, you will not hear. If the Lord is your shepherd, if the Lord is the one ordering your steps, if you have fully given your life to Jesus and you have devoted to walk with Him, you will hear no voice of a stranger. When a stranger comes, when a thief comes, you will be able to tell that is the voice of the thief. A thief does not use the door to come in, isn't it? They use the padlocks. And you can be a witness with me. Witnesses with me that even in your own home, when you're closing your door, there is, you, you secure it tightly. There are padlocks and locks, isn't it? When you are trying to secure yourself from burglars and thieves. But I've never gone to any home, no matter how big, I've never seen a home that is secure. The windows have locks and padlocks, eh? Isn't it? Because you know that the, the right person should pass where. Through the door. And even the the thieves are aware that that door is securely tight. So most of the times they break in through the windows, isn't it? Most of the times they come through the windows. And when you are, even when you are not born again, you know when the thieves have come. They will not come knocking at the door. They start throwing things, smashing the windows. So that they can, they start testing the strength, uh, the security of that home. I want to tell you that when the Lord is the door in your life, even those thieves will not come near you. They will not be able to access your heart. They will not be able to access your home. Because you have the Lord, you have elevated him. You have set him, you have established him as the one who watches over your home. The Bible says those who watch, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord is the doorkeeper, unless the Lord watches over them. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are being encouraged to allow the Lord to set the Lord as above our lives so that He can guide us, so that He can lead us. He says even when you walk through the fire, as long as you have a good relationship with the Lord, He promises that that fire will not burn you. Even when you go through many waters, as even no matter how many they are, how much water, He says that He will be with you. They will not overwhelm you because as long as you have the Lord as the door in your life, he commands the sea and he says, peace be calm. He he walks with you even through the fire and he becomes the fourth man in the fire because you have made him the door to your heart. The door in your life. A door signifies entry. It also means revelation. It also means him. It also means our exit. When the Lord himself is there. Only he can allow you to go out. Only he can allow you to come in. May we not be rebellious. May we not break down our own doors. Trying to go out. I don't know whether you've ever been to a place. I know someone. Let me tell you a story. I know somebody. And that somebody is here. And uh, one time, you know these, these glass doors? They walked through a glass door because it was very, very clean and they couldn't see that it was a door. They knew it was a door, but they didn't know there was eh? the glass and they m- smashed themselves against the, <laughs> the glass. The glass was very strong anyway. It didn't break, but they went home with a bump. So when you have the Lord as your door, In your life. And you have established. A personal relationship with him. There are moments the Lord will tell you. It is not time for you to come out. It is time for you. To remain seated at my feet and learn from you. There is a time to learn from him. And there is a time to go and spread what you have learned from him. So when the Lord shuts you in, please be patient enough to sit at his feet and learn from him. Because he says he's lowly and meek. He says his burden is light. His yoke is easy. Amen. So when you sit with him, he gives you the grace to bear that burden. No matter how severe it seems, he gives you the strength to walk through the waters. He gives you the strength to wade through. He gives you the strength to go through the valley of the shadow of death. He gives you the strength to persevere even the fire. We are told of the servant of God in in the book of Job. Job is his name. Many times... Many things happened to Job. Yet Job had remained faithful. Job was a devout man. He, he skewed evil. He, he hated evil. He hated wickedness. He hated to a point that even when his da- daughters and, sa- and children would go and, and have parties... And have you know, because they would go to one of their brothers and have a party and have a time of their life. And Job, in his home, would go and make a sacrifice and pray to God, because he 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 didn't know. Maybe he was perhaps my children have sinned against God. I repent for their sins. That's how devoted Job was. He loved God to his core. He loved God with all his heart. He did not imagine at one time that the Lord would say, "Your children have sinned." against me. So he would make sacrifices for himself and he would make sacrifices. He would offer offerings to the Lord for his children. Because he loved the Lord that much, and yet calamity struck. Ladies and gentlemen, there are times that problems will come to you, not because you have deserved them, not because you sinned against the Lord, but because the Lord has a testimony about you. The Lord, at some point in the book of Job, chapter 1, the Bible starts by saying, after uh, after narrating how good Job was and devoted, he says that one time, The sons of God were presenting themselves before God. And Satan happened to be among them. And God said, Satan, where are you coming from? And he says, from to and fro. Isn't it? Have you read your Bible? Do you want us to read it? Eh? You have all read it? You know the story. Okay, let's continue. He says that he was coming. The devil answers God and says he was coming from to and fro over the earth. And God asked him, have you seen My servant Job. Have you seen my servant Lucy? Would God today stand and say, have you seen my servant Jane? Have you seen my servant John? Have you seen how devoted they are to me? Have you seen how they go out of their way to serve me? Have you seen how they rise up early to pray? Have you seen how they deny themselves so that they can serve me with all that they are?" Would God today stand and testify to the devil about you and say, have you seen Have you seen my servant? Have you seen how he prays? Have you seen how he gives from out of nothing? Have you seen how he takes care of the orphans? Have you seen how he takes care of those that are needy? Have you seen how he prays for the sick? Have you seen how he is touched by the needs of others? Have you seen how he loves others more than himself? Have you seen my servant? would god stand today it's a challenge i'm also asking myself that would god stand today and say have and talk to the devil about me there was a meeting discussing job here on earth there was a meeting in heaven discussing about job who was here on earth have you seen my servant have you seen how devoted he is and satan said mm, uh, skin for skin it's because of the wealth have you not put a hedge around him that is what the devil would ask, have you put, have you not put a hedge around job? Have you not put a hedge around your servant that I cannot access him? Just bring down the wall. And you see, if I don't take away that job from him, if I don't take away that child from him, if I don't take away that money that, that, the wealth and the riches that they have, if I don't take them away from them, they would, they, you see that they, if they would not curse you and they will turn away from you. How many of us, when a problem comes or a a situation presents itself that is difficult, how many of us stand against the Lord or you feel like the Lord has disappointed you and has frustrated you and you stand at the verge of giving up and you become embittered at what God has done because you uh, do not understand that there was a conversation in heaven Oh, that I would always be on guard, that I would always be on guard when problems come. And before I raise up my voice to start talking in anger, in bitterness against the Lord, that I will be reminded that I am the beloved of the Lord, that I am loved of God. And the reason why these afflictions have come my way, it is because the Lord is proud of me. But many times the devil does not want to remind you. He does not even want you to know that God is proud of you. He does not even want you to believe that God is impressed by the little that you do or the much that you do, even in the house of the Lord, even in your own family, even at place, at your place of work. The Lord sees it and he is proud of you. But the devil many times would not even want you to know. He would not even want you to know to Have a hint that the Lord is proud of you. Because he knows the moment you are aware that God is proud of you, that God is impressed by the little that you do, you know that you will stand against that temptation. You will stand against that wall that is tearing, uh, that is, uh, that is daring you. You will be able to stand and say, I will wade through these waters and I will come out because the Lord is with me. Let me tell you what happens when the Lord opens the door for you. As we have read in the book of Revelation, he says that I have I uh, set an open door before you. It does not only mean that the Lord opens the door for you to go. It means that He opens the door. He, it, He, it is Himself. He is opening up Himself so that you can walk with Him. He does not leave you to go alone. He wants you to go with him. He opens the door. He opens himself up for you and he wants to go with you. He will not allow you to be alone. And when he has shut you inside, he has shut you inside with himself. You are not alone. You are with God. Be encouraged this morning. The Lord is proud of you. He's proud of the work that you do. He's proud of the little prayers that you make. He's proud of the one song that you can manage to sing without looking at the lyrics. He's proud that at least you have a clue. He's proud. He sees the genuine, the heart that is so contrite and genuine and so submitted to him. What drives God is not your qualifications. What touches God is your heart. It is your ability to respond to his word. Your ability to hear him. To tell him, Lord, walk with me. I was I was asking the people in the morning service, in the first service. And I was just being reminded, just here on the altar, how many times we have castigated Job's wife. Eh? That wicked woman. That woman who... Eh? He was very wicked. I have been among those people who have been saying that. But when I was reading this story, I, I, lo- I looked at the losses that Job went through. Man, I was like, today those things happen to me. Huh? I lose my four children. My goodness. Huh? What would I do? What would I say of God? Would I still be faithful? Would I still love him? Would I still stand and worship him? If I lose all that I have, would I still be faithful? And I I just found myself at Lord, you know, at Job's wife's position. And I said, God have mercy. God have mercy on me. This is a woman who had borne all these children. This is a woman who had seen the Lord fortifying himself around them. He had enjoyed the well that, she had enjoyed the well that God had given them. He sees that she had, all along she had seen the faithfulness of God. She had seen how the Lord was walking with them, how the Lord was favoring them among the people of that nation. She had seen how the Lord was favoring her husband, how the Lord had blessed his income, his sheep, his, uh, his flock and everything that he had. And then they started disappearing. And they did not start disappearing over one year. He lost everything in in one day. News, bad news after bad news in one day. How would you react if you were Job's wife? (laughs) How would you react if you were Job's wife? And she says, won't you curse God and die? But he said, woman, are we going to receive only good from God and not evil? What the story I am bringing is because I have come to realize, and the Lord was telling me there are afflictions. The Bible says many are the afflictions of a righteous man, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of who? The wicked man, the ungodly man, the righteous man. There are times afflictions will come your way not because you have done anything against the Lord. But you, or you will not know if you do not have a cultivated, developed relationship with God. You have to be intimate with God to be able to discern when a sickness comes in my family. I will be able, will I be able to tell this is from the devil or this the Lord has allowed to happen because then my prayers will change. I know when I am addressing the devil and I know when I am addressing a situation that has been allowed by God in my life. Some of these things, they are, I know these may not be the stories that you want to hear. But I'm telling you, and I know that you know, none of us has been having it easy all along, isn't it? At one time you are up there, another time you are down there. May we not curse the Lord. May we not be embittered. When you know the Lord is the door in your life, you will know when it is time. When when he has said, let that happen to that person. Because I know that he will go through it. I know that they have the strength. God knew. And even they had Satan, and he told Satan, go ahead and strike Job. Go ahead and do it. And he will still remain faithful. Have you ever asked yourself, have you ever put yourself in that situation? And just imagine, visualize a conversation in heaven happening over your life. And would you accept what the Lord, the verdict that the Lord would give? Some of you would say, and I've heard it, if if God is good, why does he allow bad things to happen? Because he is God. If you knew why he does that, then he will cease to be God, isn't it? If he reveals to you why he has allowed that bad thing to happen to you, then you will not recognize him as God. There are things that have been revealed for us, and there are things that are not revealed to us. And those that are revealed are for us, isn't it? But all those who are, which are not revealed, especially about God, when you know Him and you have put absolute trust in Him, you will not be shaken. You will not waver. You will know this one is the Lord that I sent and I will walk. He, because the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. When you humble yourself before God, he will give you grace to bear that cancer. He will give you grace to go through that fire. He will give you grace to go through a season of joblessness. When you have God's grace, when you have, when you are humble enough and you have set the Lord as the door, he will give you that grace to walk through. The fire and it shall not burn you because he is the fourth man in the fire he is god in your life when you have absolute faith in him many times i see my son my little son there are times he's on my laps and all over and there are times who we'll try even to climb the window when i am around there because he knows when he falls i got him i will not allow him to fall because i am i am there Isn't the Lord calling us to have such a relationship with him? The father-son relationship. Where when he says jump, you jump because you know you will not hurt your feet. He is there to hold you. He says he shall give his angels charge over you and they will bear you up in their arms. You will not dash your feet against a stone. When he is the door in your life and he says lean on me, you will not care whether behind you there is something to lean on you will know he is God. He has said lean on me. He has said trust me. Then I will trust him for who he is. Even when things seem not to be working, this sickness has taken its toll on me. It has eaten our finances, our family finances. We have borrowed money even to go to India and nothing is happening. This sickness, God, didn't you promise that you are a healer? Didn't you promise that you have sent your word to heal our diseases? Why is this not happening? You will not not question God you will stand and say God I know even with this sickness you are the healer and I am not going to give up I will hope on I will hold on I will trust on I will focus on you because you that promised you are faithful and you will bring me through it walking through with him walking through the valley of the shadow of death the psalmist said for you are with me You are with me. So you are not walking alone. You are with him. Even in the darkness, you are with him. Even with the tears. We are not saying do not cry. Cry. But cry and know that you are crying to him. Amen. Cry and know that he's got you. Even when you have experienced that loss, cry and know that he's got you. It may take a while. We are human beings and he has allowed, he knows that we are, sometimes we go through pain. And he, he has no problem with us expressing ourselves by crying. Uh, by crying and, you know, just, just telling him what we are feeling. But do not lose your focus. Do not lose your faith. Do not lose your focus. Always stand and know that he is God. When he is the door in your life, you know when it is a season to sit in. And you know when it is a season... To go out. The Bible has said in the book of Joshua, chapter six, six, verse one and two, that Jericho was strictly shut up because of the children of Israel, the people, the king, and the people, the residents of Jericho. They were so afraid. This was the last city for the before the Israelites get into the promised land. They had conquered so many battles. They had gone through so many things. And the king and the presidents of Jericho had heard how these people, they are not leaving anything on their way standing. So they knew that we are the last city and these people are going to come at us. And so they fortified their walls. They fortified themselves in such a manner they were convinced that this wall cannot come down. This wall cannot come down. Let me tell you what happened. You all know in the book, uh, in the uh, 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 I mean, when you read the whole chapter, verse six, chapter of chapter six, Joshua, he says uh, that the Bible says that when this wall was tightly shut, they had closed themselves in. No one came in, and no one went out. The gates were closed. They are the ones who had closed themselves in. It is not the Lord who had closed themselves in. The two, the two stories from the book of Genesis, from Genesis, Noah's story. It is the Lord who had shut them inside the ark. In this story, these are the people themselves who had shut themselves in, that no one went in and no one came. What a disaster. How would even the economy of that nation grow? How do you do that? How do you expect to grow? What about population? Because people are still giving birth and they have fortified their walls and no one is going out and no one is coming in. How would that even last? Huh? How would that last? That is a disaster, a total disaster. And they had locked themselves in because of the fear. Their hearts were trembling when they think about the children of Israel. But let me tell you, it did not take a mighty army to bring that wall down when the Lord set himself over the city of Jericho as the gate through which the children of Israel will come in and conquer the city. It did not take many months. It did not take many years. It only took seven days and the reason it took seven days is because the Lord had instructed them that every day they will march around the city one time. Every day they will go around one time. I don't know how many times Times you have missed your promotion at your place of work and you are there You take another year, that is one lap, and nothing is happening. You try this business, it's not working. It's one lap, nothing. Second lap, nothing is happening. You try this, nothing is happening. Your children have become rebellion. You try to talk to them, year one, year two, round three, round four, round five. Let me tell you that the seventh day is coming. And when the seventh day comes, the Lord will set himself high as the door, and he will bring every wall Crambling down. Because he is God. And he is the door. It doesn't matter. Please don't shut yourself in if the Lord has not said that. If the Lord is not inside with you, don't shut yourself in. Let the Lord be the one that determines when it is time for you to be shut in and when it is time for you to go out. Because when you understand the seasons of God, you will not be in worry. You will not be anxious. When you understand the seasons of God, you will know there is a time to gather and there is a time to scatter. You will know there is a time for death and there is a time for life. You will know there is a time to, to bear children and there is, uh, and there are time to give it uh, some space. Hallelujah. You will know the seasons and you will have, as long as you have set the Lord as the door in your life, you will walk in His seasons and you will enjoy the benefit that comes with the season. Difficult times, He provides grace. He provides grace. There are times even the Lord will not lift that problem. Remember the story of Paul? And Paul was praying and asking that God would take away the thorn from his flesh. And the Lord said, my Spirit, my grace is sufficient for you. There are times the Lord will send an affliction your way just to make you straight like a plumb line. Not because he hates you, but because he's very proud of you. He loves you. He is preserving you from the flood out there. He is keeping you inside so that you will not die. He is sustaining you so that you can enjoy his presence. He just wants you to have that one year without a job so that you can learn to walk with him. You can learn to listen to him. You can learn ministry. You can learn many things. You can see how things are outside your office. There are times God will do that because he wants you to learn. He wants you to learn from him. When the Lord is the door in your life, you will not fret. I want us to to read a scripture. And then we conclude. We're going to read Exodus chapter 19 from verse 4 to 5. For you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Verse 5. Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. The Lord says he will bear you up with his wings. Wing stock of revelation. Wing stock of elevation. He himself is. He will bear you up with his wings, on his wings, if you have set him as the door in your life. Verse 5 says, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, what is the voice of the Lord? I was shaken today when Irene was sharing about that text message she received about us becoming familiar with the voice of the Lord. Is it that we have... We have heard so much of the word of the Lord like manna until it comes out. Uh, uh, not manna. The children of Israel are complaining so much about manna until God releases to them these uh, quails. And uh, when it is still in their mouth, God strikes them. It comes, they were, they had eaten manna and they were feeling like it is too much. They had become with the food that God was providing for them, the daily bread. Have you become too familiar with the word of God? Have you, have I become too familiar with any time the servant of God starts and says, this is what I feel in my heart. Anytime you read the word of God and you're like, ah, this is the same word I read yesterday. Have you become too familiar and you're asking for more and you are talking bad and you're murmuring and complaining. Let me tell you, it may happen. It is not very good. It may happen like the children of Israelites and the Lord may give you that what you're looking for. And when it is still in your mouth strikes may that be far from us in the name of Jesus we don't want to be that congregation that gets too used to the word of God we get too familiar with the word of God that we miss out on our blessings that we miss out that when even someone comes and says repent you are like "Mm, yesterday we were told to repent and you become so familiar with God until the Lord lifts himself off from this altar far be it from us have we left the Lord In fact, the question I was asking myself, is the Lord still with us? If he would say something like this, is the Lord still with us? Because when you cannot become familiar with God and you continue being with him, he will separate himself from you and he will allow you to go through what to go to have life. He will allow you to eat life. He will allow you to continue without him. I pray that that will not be our portion. This singong Road, I pray that we turn to repent and ask God to forgive us, where we have become too familiar with his voice, where we have become too familiar with the worship, where we have become too familiar with the word that is spoken here. We have become too familiar with the way we are doing things, even in our, in our ministries. We have become too familiar with God. Uh, see, every year we do this. See, every year we usually have this celebration. You become too familiar and you have learned the ropes, you have learned the systems, the script, the the, the structure is so much ingrained in you that you no longer have time or you no longer have space to allow the Lord to come with His structure. It is good to have systems, it is good to have structures but when you are not lenient enough, when you are not flexible to allow the Lord his time to come and say and give direction, you will miss it. Only structures will be left, and structures are traditions, and the Bible says these traditions are familiar. These traditions have nullified the word of God, and when they nullify the word of God, it means we are left with nothing. We are not left with God, because the word of God is God himself, and when we have watered down the word of God with our religion, with our systems, with our programs, then we miss On God himself. Because then if his word is not with us. Then he is not here with us. Far be it. Far from us. Far from us that we should take. God's voice, God's word for granted. I don't know, I feel like we should just stand up and pray and ask God to forgive us. I feel like we should just be on our knees and repent where we have taken God's voice for granted as a person in your own in, uh, time, in, in your own life where you have assumed God to be walking in this way. Yet God is no longer walking in that way. He left that path a long time ago and God is calling us back to the crossroads. He's calling us back to a place of intimacy. He's calling us back to a place where we can connect with him. He is calling us back to a place where we can have a relationship with him. We are missing him because we left his word. We are missing him. Because we have put our structures before Him and we have elevated them above Him. Father, we pray that this afternoon you have mercy on us. We pray that this afternoon you have mercy on us, oh God. We bring repentance to your house, oh God, to your presence, oh God, this afternoon. And we ask that you forgive us, Lord, where we've been familiar with your word. We've been familiar, oh God, with your word and your voice, my father. We have watered down your instructions, your word, your commandments, your covenant, oh God. We have watered it down by our traditions, oh God. By our culture, by our way of life, my father. I pray that you forgive us this more this afternoon. In the name of Jesus, have mercy on us, oh God. Have mercy on us, oh God. Have mercy on us, oh God. We say like Peter, oh God, where shall we go, my father? You have the words of life. Where shall we go, oh God? You have the words of life? We cry out like Peter, my Father, please do not forsake us, O oh God, please do not forsake us, O oh God, please do not leave us, my Father, We cry out to you, O oh God, oh, we need your word every day, my Father, Your word is life itself, O oh God, Your word is restoration, himself, O oh God, your word is wisdom, himself, O oh God. Your word is life itself, my Father. Oh, God, do not take your word from among us, my Father. Do not lift yourself from among us, oh, God. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Have mercy on us, oh, God. We cry out to you, oh, God. We cry out to you, oh, God. We cry out to you, oh God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, oh God. Have mercy on us, my Father. Bring us back to the way. Bring us back to the way. Let the fear of the Lord be in our hearts once again. Let the reverence, let the trembling, oh God, be in our hearts once again, my Father. In the name of Jesus, we set you as the door. We set you as the door in this ministry, oh God. We set you as the door in this church, my Father. We establish you as our God, my Father. There is no going out. There is no coming in without you, oh God. Jesus, we surrender to you this afternoon. And we pray, oh God, that you be exalted in our lives. We set you up as the door in our families, oh God. In our marriages, oh God. With our children. In our places of work, my Father. Be the door in our lives, oh God that my father, we will follow your leading. We will follow your leading, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that until oh God, that cloud and pillar that would fall would lead the children of Israelites in the wilderness, until it's lifted up, oh God, we will remain where the cloud is, my father. We will remain where the pillar of the fire is, oh God. My God, until you start moving, then we follow the cloud. Until you start moving, then we follow the pillar my father give us oh god wisdom give us discernment oh god to discern your timings to discern your teachings to discern your seasons oh god in the name of jesus we are your children oh god do not forsake us my father do not forsake us oh god where do we go where else do we go my father you have the words of life you have the words of life, you are life himself, you are light himself, you are God himself, we set you up as our God this afternoon, oh God, we exalt you, and we magnify you, oh God, we repent even in our personal lives, my father, where we have not set you up as the door, oh God, we ask that you forgive us, where we have been rebellious, Many times we have bumped our feet against the door, our our heads against the door because we thought the door was open. Father, forgive us. Deliver us from our rebellious nature. My Father, give us hearts that will be ready to be shut in, oh God, and give us hearts that will be submissive and to lead, to listen to your leading and see when you open us, uh, when you open the door that we may follow you, oh God. For you alone would lead us in green pastures. You alone would lead us, O oh God, by quiet streams, my Father. And even when we stray from the flock, O oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be kind enough, as you have always been, to leave the 99 and go for that one, my Father, and bring them back into the fold, O oh King of glory, in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you and we honor you this afternoon. Because of your kindness and mercy, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.